Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You may be seated. Father in heaven, we ask that you would uh, be with us again as we break forth your word. It has um, been a, quite a morning this morning, Lord, as we have recognized what you have done in the church. Ministry after ministry, proclaiming the glories of Christ through the all-sufficient word. Truly, Lord, you have done your work here. And we want to thank you, Lord. We give you the credit. Thank you for raising up men and women that have a desire to proclaim your son, Lord. That is evident here. We ask that you continue to build your church here at Grace Bible Church of Hollister. Now, Lord, bless our short time in the word this morning and then bless our time as we go from here back into the world that we would shine bright for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Miguel encouraged me to speak on parenting a little bit this morning um, since much of what we did this morning was about our children's ministry and people being trained for that and so on. So um, I thought I'd just take a look at the gospel-centered family just for uh, the brief few moments we have left together here. Uh, And I know you're looking at the back of the bulletin and seeing the notes and say, Scott can't do four points in 20 minutes. We will try, and, um, uh, and I think we can. And, I, and these are truths that we know, brothers and sisters. I, I know you know this. Um, I, I know you believe this. But the Bible says over and over, Paul says, it, it doesn't pain me to teach you things that you know already. So don't check out. Stay with this, because we need to hear these truths. Now, if you're here today, and, and maybe you have adult children that are struggling, and you say, wow, I didn't have them in Sunday school. I, I, didn't, I didn't lead my home like I should have with the gospel. And, and some of this is going to be pointed towards that. Don't forget the name of our church. Grace. God is a gracious God. And look, pray and ask him for grace and mercy with your children. Be honest with him. He already knows the truth anyway. To many people, we like to try to tell God things that, something different than he already knows. Tell him the truth. And, and those of you that are in here and you are just starting out and we've had an uh, expansion of uh, nursery ministry lately here this spring. Um, these are truths that we pray that you will lock down in your heart. Some of you single, college, career, most of you will probably marry God only withholds the gift of singleness to a seemingly smaller group. Most of you will marry. And I promise you, if you listen to these truths and apply them, and begin thinking about these now, God will make you a gospel Christ-centered parent someday. This verse, I picked this verse um, as a verse that I think really applies to parenting in so many ways. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I think too often parents get so busy, and it's not that they're saying, I'm ashamed of the gospel, it's just not the central thought that comes to mind. And brothers and sisters, this takes tremendous discipline 
to be a gospel-centered parent. So our first thought is just looking at briefly the gospel-centered parenting. When you look at Webster's on the definition of parenting, it's interesting, it says the process of raising and educating a child from birth to adulthood. But the problem is that falls way short, it's very inadequate. It, it ignores the ultimate goal of parenting is eternity. Where is my child gonna end up? And, and Miguel said it well this morning, we cannot save these children, but we can certainly point their little precious spiritual faces in the right direction. And so the definition that Mr. Webster wrote down falls short. Our goal should be to transfer the baton of our faith that God has given us, that he would grant them faith to that next generation and through the gospel. Notice in our verse, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God to save. It saves people. Isn't that amazing? This message of Jesus Christ takes somebody from eternal destiny away from Christ in hell and can put them in an eternal destiny with God forever worshiping the Son. That's what the gospel does. This is the greatest role of of a parent. The greatest tool that you have is the gospel when you train your children. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the word of God or the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are are perishing. You say, maybe some of you say, "My, my children have rejected the gospel. But the verse goes on and says, but, as, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so we realize that the gospel carries the very power of God. Can you imagine the power of God? He spoke things into existence. This is, this is an almighty, all-powerful God who can save and regenerate the heart of 99-year-old men and a 9-year-old son. It is the power of God to do that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this, For you have been born again not of a seed which is perishable or imperishable, but of imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. And that's the emphasis here today is we believe that Christ is clearly seen through the scriptures. And we continue to study it. Think about parenting just for a moment. It's the most important leadership position in the church in a way. You go, well, what about the pastors and elders and deacons and all of them? Well, yeah, God's given us, by his grace, a position, but think about parenting. Parenting leads the family. They're the smallest units of the church who make up the church. Is that not the most important role within the church that parents are educating and pointing their children toward Jesus Christ through the word of God? Without it, you don't have a church. Because the kids grow up, they don't desire Christ. They don't desire the church, and the world sucks them away. And the church grows old and older, and there's not a next generation. See, it is an incredible role that God gives moms and dads. And he urges us all through the scriptures. We need to be cross-centered parents and, and we need to be clear, parents, we are not perfect parents. Paul said in the previous text in Philippians 3, he said, I'm not yet perfect. You need to tell your children you're not perfect from time to time. 
There's, there's nothing more penetrating to your child's soul than when you sit down and say, son, daughter, your dad's a sinner. How you saw me act is godless. Will you forgive me? See, your children are going to go, whoa. What's, what's in my dad's heart? What's in my dad's mind? What's in my mother's heart? See, we come back constantly with the gospel to our children. Certainly there's discipline. Certainly there's things that must take place within the home. But all of that has to be under the guise and the care of the gospel. Many times you've heard this where parents say, man, it's very hard to discipline my children. Because I love them so much. I hope you rethink that in some ways because it's hard to discipline our children because we know we're sinners. And so we look at that child and I remember when the boys were little and walking into the room and that heavy heart knowing this was probably a 45 minute time with them to help them see their sin and help them understand the cross. Help them understand what, what caused Christ's death on the cross. That takes time. You know, in today's parenting world, we don't have any time, do we? I got to get to the athletic club. I got t-ball. I got soccer. I got ballet. I, I mean, and so we snap at our children. And we punish instead of discipline in the Lord. See, these are gospel-centered parents, they say, no, Lord, I, I have to set that aside, and I have to help them see that him, this child, and myself are sinners and in great need of a Savior, great need of him right now, that he would show us our sin and remind us of his mercy that he's given us. Some of your grandparents in here, don't give up. You're still in the battle. They need you. Your children who are raising your grandchildren need you. They need you in this process. Stick to the cross. It'll expose your pride. It'll cause you to be humble when you raise children. It'll strengthen your marriage. It'll help deal with hypocrisy that we all have as parents. We say one thing, we do another. Gospel will bring us to conviction on those things. It is the underlining tool to our spiritual health of our children. Number two, gospel-centered children. Gospel-centered children. Ephesians 6.1 says that children are to obey or to submit to their parents in the Lord for this is right. That in the Lord, that little prepositional phrase is the key to this text. You know, we can make our children sit straight. I was one of seven in our family. We, my mom played the organ. We sat on the left side, third row back, right where the Vandenbergs are sitting there. There were seven seats in that row. My dad looked down the line and give you that look, and you knew two things. I may not live past today. <laughs> I don't even tell you what the second one was. You can make kids do what you want them to do. Or you can help them see Jesus. Gospel-centered child needs to learn by the grace of God to submit to their parents that God has given them, place these parents in their life. And they are to submit to them in the Lord, in, in all who he is. 
God, creator, savior, sustainer, one who can take your life like that. Or he can bless you with the greatest blessings of life. See, we submit to him as savior, as king. Children, submit to your parents. Do it because of the gospel. Not because mom and dad are always right or always wrong, because we're both. Submit to your parents because you love Christ. There'll be times as you get older and you become men and women and you, and you struggle with our counsel a little bit and we're struggling to let you go. That's hard. Our whole home group, we have a home group that's all got children leaving the home and we pray for each other's children like crazy. It's just neat how God has put our home group together with that, that group. And we're trying to be parents of adult children that are just leaving the home and making those decisions. And it's scary at times, right? We pray for each other and we... We pray for our children, and, and we're learning that. But when our children seek the gospel, we know it'll be okay. It'll be okay, they're seeking the gospel. So children, be gospel-centered children, gospel-centered young adults. The Bible says, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's children, that's youth, that's, that's young adults. That's what the gospel is. That's why we preach it here so often, why we, we're compelled to sing it, preach it, proclaim it, live it. The gospel is all that we do. Children, do you really hear the gospel? See, you probably listened to me, at least for the last six years you've been listening to me, and you go, yeah, yeah, Jesus died. Why is Scott so excited about his glory all the time? You see, I want you to ask yourself, children, young adults in here, do I see the glory of God? Have I been captured by his person, his character, his nature? Maybe a good question for us adults as well. See, that's, that's the change. That's what happens. It isn't just now Bible stories I heard Oh, there's a big cross up there, and that reminds me, oh, yeah, Jesus died for my sin. Yeah, okay, come on, when's this guy going to quit? Is he everything to you yet? And, and be honest. Say, no, he isn't. I'm, I want to get married. I want to I have children. I want to have a job. And I, I'm wrestling with that pastor. I, I know it's hard, but I want him to be everything to me. Can you at least say that, children? Can you say, I want him to be everything to me? Oh, that's where you start. That's where you start to bend the knee and you say, Lord, I want to have him as preeminent in my life. I want him to have the protos, the first place in my life. Children, remember this great passage out of Titus chapter three, verse four. Here he says, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, now we'll stop right there. When did he appear to you, children? When was that time where you said, I know God showed me my sin in a desperate need for his son's forgiveness? When was that time? Do you know that time, children? Young adults. Moms and dads. Do you know that time? Do you remember that time where he exposed his glory to you and you came away and you said, I have seen the kindness of God. I realize that he did what I could not do. 
Verse 5 says it is at that time he saved us, not based on our deeds, not because I went to Sunday school, not because I made my way through the children's ministry, graduated into Ron's ministry, graduated out of Ron's ministry, into Robert's ministry, graduated under worship teams, and all, not because of all those deeds of righteousness that you have done, the Bible says, but according to his mercy, he washed you. That's the type of gripping we're talking about. Not just repeatable truth that you've heard since you were little. And that's the dangers of kids and young adults. Let me tell you, I've been in church since the Sunday after I was born. And I know the temptation to check out. Hey, gospel-centered children, young adults love the gospel. Some of you are transitioning out of the children's ministry into here. Some of the saddest things, and Pastor Ron and I talk about this great length. We watch kids now run the home. They get out of Sunday school. I don't want to be in big church. Ah, there's a big battle at home. Oh, it's easier to leave them at home. Pretty soon they're not in church. Now mom and dad are not going because my kids don't want to go. Do you see what happens? And then they go off to university and they tell them very quickly, hey, there is no God. You're a fool for thinking that. They'll stand you up in class, point you out in many cases. And now kids are going, well, I haven't been going to church for five years and really don't desire to be pointed out. And they sit, and now their faith is being shaken, if it is a true faith or not. And there's a battle going on. And look, Satan hates God. He hates God's children. He is after him. He's after your children. Now, on the contrary, children who hold to Christ have a gospel-centered home they go into those places, and they do stand. Many of you have done that. You've told me that. You've stood and you said, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe God. And oh boy, you took a lower grade. <laughs> you were singled out by a difficult prof. But you had joy. And that day, God assured you you were saved. Because you stood for him. See, we have to wrestle through this, moms and dads. What do you want your children to do? I, I think here's the difficulty, and I struggle with this, Gina, I struggle with this ourselves. You can spend so much time talking about their jobs and school and what they're going to do when they get out and who they're going to marry and all this stuff. You can put so much, it's so easy to do that because you care about them, right? You want them to pay their bills and you want them to do that. You can spend so much time there. And what happens? The gospel gets overshadowed. We have to watch out for that. It's a danger. And we have to dads particularly and, 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 and moms that don't maybe have a husband in the home and because we have single moms you're, you're going to have to work extra hard at this and, and, and you have to rely on the church probably a little more for some of this help but, but make sure that all the wonderful things that God blesses us in life with jobs and cars and houses and spouses and children don't overshadow the gospel because pretty soon our kids go man I want that brass ring and they start to chase things that the world just goes like this with. And they lead them away from the truth. Oh, I, I, I encourage you, moms and dads. Are you a gospel-centered home? Three, gospel support. And just briefly, we've seen this already displayed in the church this morning. Said it's the gospel, it's the power to save you, it's the power of God to save you. And so that's what we teach here. And so gospel support is your church, your Sunday schools, your youth groups, all of those things are given to you, small groups, all of that is given to the church to support the gospel ministry in your home. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to replace you, mom and dad. We can't do that. We would never do that. 
Miguel said it very well this morning. We come alongside you. That's, that's our job. Is just come alongside and help you point your children towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a great verse. Psalm 79, 13. So we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. Now listen to this. To all generations, we will tell your praise. That's what we do. That's what we do. As a church, we... We are his sheep of his pasture and we'll thank you and praise you forever and we'll tell the next generation till you take our breath away. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man gets to the Father except through Jesus. This is gospel support. We come alongside you and we help you reinforce truths that you believe and you understand. You know, Hebrews 10, 22 and following is just not for parents. It says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need each other. The deeds that we do encourage one another in our faith. That whole text is a beautiful text. You know, we need your children. <laughs> we need the whole family here. That, that's, that's that encouragement of doing things together. Walking together through the life of, of, of the Menez family. Or put your name in there. It, it's centered around the instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do that at home and we do that corporately together. This is one of the ways you fight for your child's soul. Use the things God's given you. Use the church. Use youth group. Oh my goodness. One of our pastor's elders oversees our high school. <laughs> what great instruction. It's a hard, I tell Ron, I go, Ron, you got the hardest job in all the place. You got people's kids. Cross up with one of the kids, you're a dead man. Teachers, you know what I'm talking about. They come in and, you know, their kid's been a little hellion and you try to tell just an ounce of maybe what that child's done and that parent wants to shoot you, doesn't it? It's her fault, it's his fault. It's not easy, right? But we've tried to take the top the cream of the crop, in a sense, and put them in that ministry. Please use the support ministry that God has given you. Finally, in gospel-centered life, I just want to quit with this. Romans chapter 6. So we'll just turn over a few pages. Romans chapter 6. This is what we're after. The gospel-centered life. Verse 4, therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. That's the picture, not the water, but the picture of what we do. We've come to know Christ. God puts us in. We died with Christ when he died. We raised with Christ when he is raised. So that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. So we, too, might walk in the newness of life. Gospel-centered families love the newness of life. Love the gospel that, that constantly regenerates our soul constantly gives us hope, constantly gives us a fresh outlook on life because Jesus' death still is sufficient for you. See, that's what the gospel does. It's not, oh, you see the gospel, now I muddle my way through life and then I die and go to heaven. No, no, the gospel is a newness of life. Every day it, regenerate, it, it, it has a regenerating effect on you. Every day you feel its power and strength and you trust that Christ is true and what he did and it gives you strength. Verse five for we have become united with him in the likeness of his death. Oh, he died and he took our sins away. No longer are we plagued by the damnation of sin. 
Certainly we shall all be in the likeness, in his likeness at resurrection. That's 1 John chapter 3 as well supports that. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Mm. That's what parents are after. That's what we're trying to lead our children through. No longer slaves. We're not, you know, it's, it's a great thing. You and I, the chains are off. We sing that song, don't we? Chains are gone. Don't act like you're still in them. Bible says you're free from that. Be a slave of righteousness. Be a slave to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Live it, be bound by it every day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be reminded of all these great truths today. It's been a full service, Lord. But it's been a service about you, about what you're doing, what you've accomplished here at Grace for your glory, Lord. Lord, what a joy to see so many families sitting here today. What a joy to see uh, single women who are battling on in the faith, Lord. Bless them, give them strength. What a joy to see um, single moms raising children. Lord, bless them, God. Give them strength. Help us as a church recognize them and help them, Lord. Father, thank you for all the grandparents that sit here today. What a blessing. They, they get another shot in a sense, Lord. They get to encourage their children to be gospel-centered parents and they can be gospel-centered grandparents and so bless them, Lord. Father, many in here have children that are already out of the home, Lord. They're already off to school or jobs. And Lord, protect those children. Guard them. Remind them of what they've learned. Lord, if we as parents have failed in any way, may we, may we ask your forgiveness for those things, Lord. May we not deny them any longer. May we say, I, I, I wasn't the gospel-centered father or mother I should have been. Lord, will you forgive me? And Lord, may we continue to ask you to help us with opportunities, second chance with our children, Lord. Show them the grace of God. So Father, we pray for those in here that may be struggling with that tonight. Lord, ultimately, we bend the knee to you. We have nothing on our own. We couldn't, pay, we couldn't parent if we had to, Lord, without you. We would just be fighting and scratching for something, Lord, but with you, Lord, with you on our side, we have the power of the salvation from God himself. And so, Lord, may we find strength in that today. Bless these families, Lord. Please, Lord, bless Grace Bible Church for your glory, not for our sake, but for your glory, that it'd be a beacon shining for the glory of Jesus Christ until you return. In Jesus' name, 